If you will be marking in your books, second uh, in your Bibles, Second Kings chapter twenty-two and Second Chronicles chapter thirty-four. We're going to be studying from these two chapters this evening. First of all, let me say just to let you know, my blood pressure is not up. Um, I was sunburned at Monterey yesterday, uh, so don't worry about about that. We had a good day yesterday, as Brother Joel mentioned in his prayer. Uh, great turnout from the Saudi congregation to help, and uh, a great reception in the community. So I just want to say, first of all, thank you to Missy for organizing that. I know there's a lot of work that goes into that, uh, but she had a lot of help too. Uh, so we are we are grateful for that. When you look at Second First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles, you'll find a history of the children of Israel following the time of the judges. If you'll recall, the children of Israel became jealous of the nations around them that had kings, and they asked God for a king. In fact, they demanded that God provide them with a king. And God, uh, warning them about their desire, granted their wish. Uh, and he had Saul anointed as the first king, but then as you go through First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, you'll find the history of those kings that served or led the nation of Israel as a united kingdom, but also when they became a divided kingdom between Israel and Judah. And what you'll find is, with almost no exceptions, every king, when it describes his life and how he led Israel, it will say either he followed after God and served God, or he did what was right in his own eyes. Unfortunately, most often it was the latter, uh, that the kings did what was uh, right in their own eyes. But occasionally, you would find a king that would put God first and would serve God um, as king. And tonight, we are going to talk about one of those kings. In fact, if you look at uh, the description of this king, and it's Josiah, you'll find that Josiah was uh, like no other in his service to God. Looking at Starting in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 33, verse 21, we'll read a few verses. Now Ammon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign, and reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh his father. For Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh his father had made, and served them, and humbled not himself before the Lord, as Manasseh his father had humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed more and more. And his servants conspired against him and slew him in his own house. But the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead. Now chapter 34. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. So if you look at the history of Israel, you'll find that Josiah reigned uh, around the time from 641 B.C. to 609 B.C. He reigned for 31 years. And he, he uh, ascended to the throne at the ripe old age of eight. Can you imagine leading a nation at the age of eight years old? Of course, he had uh, advisors around him to help him in making decisions but that's a lot of responsibility to put on an eight-year-old. The three decades of his reign were characterized by peace, 
prosperity, and reform. They were among the happiest years experienced by the nation of Judah. Josiah devoted himself to pleasing God and reinstituting Israel's observance of the Mosaic law. If you read fully the chapters about Josiah and his reign, you'll find that the children of Israel and the children of Judah had totally abandoned God's law. They had forgotten God's law, in fact, we'll see in a few moments, and had become uh, part of the nations around them as far as a religious perspective. So let's look a little bit at Josiah's reform. It actually occurred in three stages. When he came to the throne at age eight, apparently he was blessed with some God-fearing advisors who advised him to resist the idolatrous influence of the nations surrounding him and the influence of his father. As we just read, his father Ammon uh, followed the idols of the nations around him more and more. At the age of 16, which we could call stage one, Josiah personally began to seek the God of his father David, uh, as we read in Second Chronicles 34, verse 3, at the age of 16. At the age of 20, which would be stage 2, Josiah began to cleanse Jerusalem and the land of Judah of idolatrous objects. Let's return back to chapter 34 and read verses 3 through 7. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence and the images that were on high above them he cut down, and the groves, and the carved images, and the molten images he break in pieces, and made dust of them, and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priests upon their altars, and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so did he in the cities of Manasseh, and Ephraim, and Simeon, even unto Naphtali, with their mattocks round about. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves and had beaten the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. If you were to compare the reform under Josiah to the reform that actually occurred, if you recall, King Hezekiah reformed or tried to reform the nation as well, you'll find that Josiah went even further than Hezekiah in his reform. And if you want to look at Hezekiah's reform, you can look at 2 Kings chapter 18 verse 4 or 2 Chronicles chapter 29 verses 3 through 36. We're not going to read those for sake of time tonight. Not only did he reform in the general area where he was was leading from Jerusalem, but he extended his cleansing of the land into the territory of fallen Israel. Um, he extended it from Judah into Israel. At the time, Israel was being controlled by Assyria. Josiah personally supervised the destruction of the altars of the Baals, the incense altars, the wooden images, the carved images, the molten images, as far north as the cities of Naphtali, as we just read in chapter 34. And historically, we find that his, his efforts were aided by the death of the Assyrian king, and I'm going to mess up this name so bad, Ashurbanipal. Uh, was the Assyrian king that died during that time. And because of his death, it aided Josiah's uh, reintroduction of the, the law of Moses. It brought about a serious decline in Assyria's power and gave him freedom to pursue the reforms that he was looking for in Israel. 
Then we look at stage three. At the age of 26, Josiah ordered that the temple be repaired under the supervision of Hilkiah, the high priest, at the age of 26. And then looking at 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 14 and 15, we find that a copy of the book of the law was discovered. As we read, And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. Think about that for a moment. As much as God had done for the children of Israel throughout, from Abraham on throughout the history, and they had lost the book of the law. They didn't know where the book of the law was. That's how far away from God they had come. And it was through Josiah's reform that that copy of the book of the law was found. We also find when it was read to Josiah that he was horrified to learn how far Judah had departed from the law of God. Looking again, and Shaphan, verse 16, carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers, into the hand of the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. So Josiah was distressed at the fact that his people had forgotten about the law of God. So that we find this discovery provided new momentum for his reformation. If we look at 2 Kings chapter 23. 2 Kings 23, starting in verse 4, we find, And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the door to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal and for the grove and for all the hosts of heaven. And he burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried the ashes of them unto Bethel. And he put down the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah. And in the places round about Jerusalem, them also that burned incense unto Baal to the sun and to the moon and to the planets and to all the hosts of heaven. And he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem unto the brook Kidron and burned it at the brook Kidron and stamped it small to powder and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. And he brake down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord where the women wove hangings for the grove. And he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Geba to Beersheba and brake down the high places of the gates that were in the entering in of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on a man's left hand at the gate of the city. Nevertheless, the priests of the high places came not up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they did eat of the unleavened bread among their brethren. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the children of Hinnom, that no man might make his son or his daughter to pass through the fire to Molech. And he took away the horses that the kings of Judah had given to the son at the entering in of the house of the Lord by the chamber of Nathan Melech, the chamberlain, which was in the suburbs, and burned the chariots of the son with fire. And the altars that were on the top of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, did the king beat down and break them down from thence and cast the dust of them into the brook Kidron. 
And the high places that were before Jerusalem, which were on the right hand of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon the king of Israel had builded for Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Zidonians, and for Shemosh, the abomination of the Moabites, and for Milcom, the abomination of the children of Ammon, did the king defile. And he brake in pieces the images, and cut down the groves, and filled their places with the bones of men. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel, and the high place which Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, had made, both that altar and the high place he brake down, and burned the high place, and stamped it small to powder, and burned the grove. And as Josiah turned himself, he spied the sepulchres that were there in the mount, and sent, and took the bones out of the sepulchres, and burned them upon the altar, and polluted it, according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed, who proclaimed these words. Then he said, What title is that I see? And the men of the city told him, It is the sepulcher of the man of God, which came from Judah, and proclaimed these things that thou hast done against the altar of Bethel. And he said, Let him alone. Let no man move his bones. So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet that came out of Samaria. And all the houses also of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to provoke the Lord to anger, Josiah took away and did to them according to all the acts that he had done in Bethel. And he slew all the priests of the high places that were there upon the altars and burned men's bones upon them and returned to Jerusalem. So we find that once he found out what the book of the law said, once he found out that the book of the law existed, it spurred him or inspired him to complete even further reformation in the nation of Israel or nation of Judah. Not only did he tear down the altars uh, that were made to the idol gods, but he defiled the altars to the idol gods to make sure that no one would worship there again. Uh, so we see how far he went with his reformation. Not only did he uh, gain new momentum for his reformation, but he also, according to the book of the law, had the people to start following the feasts that were in the book of the law. If we look at 2 Kings chapter 23 again, verses 21 through 23, we find they celebrated the Passover. And the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover unto the Lord your God, as it is written in the book of this covenant. Surely there was not holden such a Passover from the days of the judges that judged Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel, nor of the kings of Judah. But in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holden to the Lord in Jerusalem. So we see not only did he reform Israel and went farther than the other kings had gone in reforming, but he also had them uh, partake of the Passover feast as they should have been doing. We also find historically in 609 B.C., which was the last year of his reign, he attempted to block Pharaoh Necho II of Egypt as he marched north to assist Assyria in fighting against Babylon. And we find that despite the fact that Pharaoh assured Josiah that he was not intending any harm to the nation of Judah, Josiah uh, was doubtful of that. And he saw that campaign as a threat to Judah's security, and so he uh, fought with Pharaoh Necho. When he engaged Necho in battle at Megiddo, you've heard of the uh, battle at Megiddo, Josiah was seriously injured. He was returned to Jerusalem, where he later died. We find in Second Chronicles 35, 20 through 27, that when he died, his death was, was followed by widespread 
lamentation and weeping amongst the people. Such an impact Josiah had made. Look at chapter 34 and verse 2. We find that Josiah was righteous in a time of wickedness. Verse 2 we read, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. He was living again, if you, remember, if you recall from what we've read, at a time when all of the nation of Israel were wicked. They were living after the gods and the religions around them and were not living righteously according to God. The previous two kings, Manasseh and Ammon, had both led the people further into idolatry. And yet Josiah had the backbone to follow God and to lead according to God's will, even at a young age. 2 Kings chapter 23 verse 25 says about Josiah, Now before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise like him. So what I want us to see tonight is the righteousness of Josiah is an example to everyone who would seek God's favor. If you think about the way he lived his life from eight years old until he died 31 years later. So let's discuss his faith. Josiah's faithfulness in an evil environment. His righteousness didn't come from the influence of his family. Again, we read about his grandfather Manasseh. And if you will, turn to 2 Kings chapter 21. 2 Kings chapter 21. And we'll read verses 1 through 9 and verse 16. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Hephzibah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. For he built up again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed. And he reared up altars for Baal, and made a grove as did Ahab the king of Israel, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord said, In Jerusalem will I put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he made his son pass through the fire, and observed times, and used enchantments, and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a graven image of the grove that he had made in the house of which the Lord said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house... And in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I make the feet of Israel move any more out of the land which I gave their fathers, only if they will observe to do according to all that I have commanded them, and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they hearkened not. And Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. So we see the influence that could have uh, been powerful upon Josiah was an influence for evil. His grandfather Manasseh was evil and led the people to do even more evil. And his father Ammon was evil as well. Again, verse 21, verses 19 through 22, we read, Ammon was 20 and two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Herez of Jotba. 
And he did that was e- that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father Manasseh did. And he walked in all the way that his father walked in, and served the idols that his father served, and worshipped them. And he forsook the Lord God of his fathers, and walked not in the way of the Lord. Do you think about Josiah at eight years old? Most eight-year-olds look up to their father. And most eight-year-olds take clues from their father as to how they lived their lives. But Josiah had the backbone to realize that his father was not living according to God's will and that his father had been involved in things that were sinful. And so he didn't allow his family to influence him. He didn't take his, his righteousness didn't come from the influence of society. Second uh, Kings 21 verse 9. But they, and this is talking about the people, hearkened not, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord, Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. The people around Josiah were worse than the nations that God had destroyed. Think about that for a second. They, they weren't just idol-worshiping people. They were, they were worse in their activities than the people that they were emulating, the people that they were around. So Josiah did not take his righteousness from the influence of the people. Not only were the people worse than the nations around them, in 2 Kings 21 verse 16 we read, Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another. Beside his sin wherewith he made Judah to sin in doing that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Think about that for a second. Jerusalem, the place that God had said he would put his name, was filled with blood by the reign of Manasseh. The people of Israel were used to bloodshed of innocent people at this time. And yet Josiah did not follow the people. His people were also totally given over to idolatry as we've seen in what we've read. They had forgotten about God so much so that, again, as we read, the book of the law had been lost. That's how much they had forgotten about God. Also, in talking about Josiah's faithfulness, his, his faithfulness was manifested in a number of ways. First of all, it was manifested in the changes that he instituted. Second Chronicles 34, verse 3, as we read that again, For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molten images. So he instituted change. His faith drove him to action. And then again in the 18th year of his reign, he began repairs on the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. 2 Kings chapter 22 verses 3 through 7, which we've already read. Not only did he feel that it was his duty to purge the land of idolatry, but he also felt like it was his obligation to restore the house of the Lord to the rightful place among God's people. Judah as a nation had been indifferent to God, apathetic about God and his house, and they had allowed their place of worship in Jerusalem, the temple, to fall into disrepair. Josiah wanted to restore it to its former glory. Also, his faithfulness was evident in his tender-hearted reaction to the law. 
Again, 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 8, we read that while working on the temple, Hilkiah the high priest found the book of the law. The more I think about this, the more incredible it is to me that the book of the law could be lost in God's temple. It's just amazing as much as God had done for the nation of Israel and they lost the book of the law. It's just incredible. But when I think about some of the things going on in the world today and some of the things affecting the church, it's possible that the Bible could be lost to the church if we're not careful about how we respect it and the things that we choose to do as Christians and look at the influence that influences us as well. We also see in Hosea chapter 4, 1 through 6, the attitude of Judah was similar to that of Israel in the time of the prophet Hosea. Bear with me just a moment. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, we read. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing, and lying, and killing, and stealing, and committing adultery, they break out, and blood toucheth blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish, with the beasts of the field, and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Yea, yet let no man strive, nor reprove another. For thy people are as they, they that strive with the priest. Therefore shalt thou fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. If we turn back to Second Kings chapter 22, we see Josiah's recognition of the book. Verse 11. Because Manasseh, king of Judah, had done these abominations and had done wicked... I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter. Bear with me. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes. And then moving down to verse 13, the king says, Go ye, inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according unto all that which, that which is written concerning us. We see Josiah recognized the value of the book. He realized that all the people should have been following the book all along. As we read in verse 11, he had godly sorrow over Israel's sin. It bothered him to see how sinful the nation had become since his great-grandfather Hezekiah. Manasseh and Ammon had led the people more and more into idolatry, into sinful behavior. <clears throat> Verses 12 through 13, as we just read, we see that, the, that Josiah as king had a desire to learn more about God's book and about God's law. <clears throat> we too need to be seekers of God's truth. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, we read, 
Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We see in the Beatitudes that Christ expects us to hunger and thirst after righteousness or after knowledge of his word. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 we read. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and, and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's what Josiah wanted for his people, for them to grow spiritually. And that's what we need to, to be, is we need to be seeking the word that we may grow and mature spiritually. Second Kings chapter 22, verse 18 through 20, we find... That God's mercy extended to, to Josiah. But to, and this is uh, the prophet, a prophet prophesying to Josiah, starting in verse 18. But to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord. When thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and hast rent thy clothes and wept before me, I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace, and thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. So God's mercy was extended to Josiah, in that he was exempted from the punishment that God was going to bring upon the nation of Judah. Uh, as we just read, Josiah was allowed to die in peace or to go to his fathers in peace. So let's explain his faithfulness a little bit. I believe his tender heart, uh, he re revealed his tender heart because he received the will of God and he humbled himself. He didn't become haughty about the Word of God. He realized that he needed to be humble. He needed to be uh, submissive to the Word of God. Not only did he mourn, but he tore his clothes. He was so humbled by what he found. He was filled with godly sorrow over sin, and he cleansed his life of evil and all its impurities. If we look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, what does it tell us? Blessed are they which, were, which are pure in heart, for they shall see God. We need to purify ourselves. He sought to know as much as, of the will of God as he could. Turn with me to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17 and verse 11 we read about the Bereans. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. We need to be like Josiah, and we need to be like the Bereans. We need to be searching the scriptures daily to find out if the things that we're taught are true. And we need to let the word of God be our standard in our lives. That's where Israel or Judah went wrong prior to Josiah under, under Manasseh and Ammon is they stopped relying on the Word of God, and they stopped seeking that knowledge. Josiah walked in the way of God. He didn't turn aside, as we read, to the right nor to the left. 
And he did that by humbly obeying the commandments of God. He asked about what the book of the law said, and he followed the book of the law. Knowing the value of the law, he didn't keep it to himself. 2 Kings chapter 23, turn there with me. Verses 1 through 3. And the king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people stood to the covenant. So Josiah didn't keep the word to himself. He shared it with all the people. He realized it was good news. He realized there were blessings to be had by the nation of Israel if they would all learn about the law so what about for us tonight I believe the key to finding favor with God is to have the attitude of Josiah we need to receive the word we need to be excited about the word we need to be eager to know more about the word and we need to purify our lives from those things that are evil that would cause us to sin but not only that we need to be so excited about the word of the Lord that we can't help but share it with other people and let them know how important the Bible is to being blessed and to having a right relationship with God. So I want to ask us tonight this question. Do you have a tender heart for the truth? Do you have a tender heart like Josiah for the truth? We need to realize that we must have a tender heart for the truth if we're going to have remission of sins, if we're going to have forgiveness of sins, because we've got to humble ourselves to the Word of God. We've got to ask for forgiveness when we've sinned, and we've got to change our lives to live as Christ would have us to live. And if we want to have a hope of eternal life, we need to have the attitude of Josiah. So I'd encourage us tonight, be as Josiah. If we are as Josiah, we will find favor with God. I would encourage you tonight, hopefully this has been an encouraging lesson, to look back at the Old Testament. There are a lot of lessons that we can glean from the Old Testament. And the the life of Josiah is a great one. And hopefully it's helped you to understand what it means to be on fire for the Lord, like Josiah was. I would encourage you tonight, maybe you've never put on the name of Christ. Maybe you've been seeking. Things have not been right in your life and you're wondering what can make things better. I would encourage you that a relationship with God and with Jesus would improve your life tremendously. The blessings that are in Christ are uncountable, uh, the things that we, we obtain when we become a Christian. So I would encourage you, if you've never put on the name of Christ, to come forward tonight when we sing. But maybe you've been a Christian. Maybe you've fallen away. Maybe you've been like Israel and you've forgotten the book. That, that, can, that can happen. Tonight we stand ready. The elders stand ready to pray with you. This congregation will pray with you. If you need to come forward and make your life right, I'd encourage you tonight as we stand and as we sing. Come to Jesus, he will save you. Know your sins have been
If you give your heart to Jesus, he will make it white as snow. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come today. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come, come today. Come to Jesus, do not every enter in at mercy's gate. Oh, delay not till the morrow. Lest thy coming be too late. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come today. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus.